Welcome to Shores Community Church Podcast. This is extra teaching on top of a Sunday morning message. The reason we're doing this extra teaching is because there's a lot of topics we need to cover. And the the scriptures it it it's a it's a large book with a lot of a lot of different topics or thoughts and though we teach the the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God on a Sunday morning, sometimes the the depth we can enter into a particular topic is just not there. And so we ha- we have this podcast and it gives us another opportunity to to really work through some doctrinal doctrinal thoughts issues. And and currently at Shores Community Church, so I don't know when you're actually listening to this podcast, currently we're in a series on evangelism outreach. And I'm here with Scott Domont, our our missionary. <laughs> he he is an open air evangelist where he he goes to different places around the city of Muskegon. This is where we live in Muskegon and 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 really West Michigan and presents the gospel to unbelievers, anyone who's walking along the street in a very conversational and he's not really a shouter, he's more of a talker and a question asker, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And so he Let's so, reason together. Yeah, let's reason together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very 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 Pauline. <laughs> let's reason together. And yeah. he he just so he's 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 in constant conversation with unbelievers, and, and one of the issues that sometimes is raised yeah. when he's talking to people is what about homosexuality? Yeah. What about gay marriage? Mm-hmm. You as a believer, or you as a person who believes in the Bible, would, that would mean that you're against the gays or, or homosexual people. And I want to also. Just make clear, if, if you're listening to this with children, it probably be best to just maybe pause or stop because we're not going to, we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to talk, we're not going to get graphic, but we're just going to be talking about things that might not be appropriate yeah. for younger children. You may not be ready for those questions. Yes. Well, I mean, the, your, one of my, my biggest struggles is that our kids are being exposed to things yeah, before they're yeah. ready. And and that, that that's been my issue with what's happened what's happening in the school systems. It's like this child does not have to be addressing, thinking about, or yeah. working through these issues. So these are more adult issues or like teen or late teen issues mm-hmm. to grapple with. So I just want to kind of put that in there, that disclaimer in there, so everyone is fully warned. Okay, homosexuality. When you enter into a conversation with somebody. And there, they raise this issue. What do you think is kind of the the heart of their objection to the Christian faith or to to what you're presenting? Well, it can be really different, and I think you can you can get that a lot of times by the the demeanor of the person. So sometimes if they're just wanting to pick a fight, right? This is common. Uh, well, what do you think about gay marriage? So this is just a question that they'll ask, and you can just kind of sense in in it that all right they they just really want to argue and you know sometimes you well the bible clearly talks about not entering into foolish argument so i'll usually just say in that case i'll just say well we can talk about that but first let's talk about you okay and then and then they're usually happy to talk about them yeah because because the gospel really unless they're a practicing homosexual yeah, the gospel, which they may be, which they may be, but yeah, I, but, I get that. But really, you're you're bringing them to a point of their own personal conviction. Yes, 
and their own their own personal state before a holy and righteous God. Yeah, we're, we're going to set aside this very sensitive topic here, and we're going to just say, um, and I'll just say, uh, let's talk about you. Oh, and they'll go, okay, uh, so do you feel like you're a good person? And right away, of course they do. So like how many lies have you told, yeah. right? And then, and so now I've just, oh, I've told a lot of lies. What do we call someone that tells, tells a lot of lies? A liar. See, I've set the, 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 the sin of homosexuality aside. Which they and, might not... St- of committed or struggled with. Right, right. But it's something that they weren't really wanting to fight about. And all of a sudden, we'll, we can address the conscience by using the law of God and the Ten Commandments and not, and not all of them to realize, oh, I'm guilty aside from that right, thing. Right, and, it, and that becomes not the focus. But now all of a sudden, hey, I need a Savior mm-hmm. for everything, including that, if that's something that they've done before. And so then we can I can share the gospel, the hope of the gospel with them. And then, I'll, and then usually I will say, oh, hey, did you still want to talk about that? And a lot of times they're like, no, I think I'm good. Uh, but if they do, then then here's, you know, we're, we'll talk about in this podcast some of those other questions. Right, some of those and other we'll questions We'll be happy to raise. talk about those things. Some of those other questions, questions they raise. Yep. I, I think that's really good because, again, when we talk to an unbeliever, we're not trying to win arguments. We're trying to win them for Christ. Yeah. And so let's let's go after their 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 own brokenness, their own sin issues, what, what they can, you know, see apparent, very apparent in their hearts of their own failure before God, mm-hmm. moral failures. Because yeah. that, that's the place they need to be brought to, that place of conviction, so then they can turn their heart to Christ and receive his forgiveness. Yes. And yeah. in his mercy. To see their need. Right. So that they can then turn and, and we're able to kind of set that at that uh, trigger, uh, whatever they call it, aside, yeah, yeah. and let's just get to the heart, yeah. right? That's good. That's good. Okay, so let's say we're in a conversation with an unbeliever, but I, I also want to include in here maybe a, a Christian who is trying to rationalize mm-hmm. or justify gay marriage or um, consensual monogamous homosexual relationships. Because just sorting through it, and just sorting through it, or even or because really they told walk- some confusing things. From there's some confusing things that are being said, and the world is promoting this yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, they, they use language like you know, love is love, or Jesus just wants to love you just the way you are. So whatever, however they, well, <laughs> however they identify or them with themselves, or however they see themselves, this is this is this is should be allowed. This should be a part of what I'm allowed to do. So when we're talking to a person like that, where do you think is the place to start? It, it, so, I, well, here, I'll, I'll start with mm-hmm. that answer and then yeah. and I'd like to hear what you think. I think we go back to the design. Mm. I think we go back all the way to Genesis. And in Genesis chapter two, in, when God created Eve, he, he said then to Adam, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and the two become one flesh. Mm-hmm. Now we have this, this, this example, this blueprint, uh, this design for the nuclear family. Yeah. You have a man, you have a woman, and that is the family unit. Yeah. And any, any sexual behavior outside of that that, that that covenant marriage relationship is sin. That's right. Yeah. 
And so then Leviticus kind of picks up on this, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so one of the questions, and I think one of the questions, that, or not the questions, the things that people will say, is that Jesus never taught on homosexuality. Yeah, right. Right? Okay, sure. So, so Which he, is so far, yeah, I mean, exactly. That he never taught about it. And so it's true, actually, if you, at least uh, from uh, that it's recorded um, in Scripture, that the Holy Spirit recorded, that there was nothing of Jesus saying specifically about that. But we have to understand that, Jesus is speaking primarily to Jewish people, and they had Leviticus. So they, because they were his, the communities that he was teaching to were good Jews. Mm-hmm. They, they had a very firm and very strong understanding of the Torah, and in Leviticus is clear to say that a man laying with a man is yeah you know, Leviticus, is abomination. Can, Leviticus twenty uh, verse thirteen says. Uh, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. In Leviticus 18.22, uh, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. So this is this the bedrock. This is the foundation where they came from. And, uh, and so for him to speak to that, they were like, yeah, well, we, we already know. Yeah, already so, know this. so to one setting where... Jesus spoke on marriage it is in Matthew 19. And he, he's explaining to the Pharisees because they, they were quick to allow for certificates of divorce. Mm-hmm. And in defense of God's blueprint for, for marriage, he says, this is Matthew 19, verse 4, haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female? Okay, that, that, that says something about transgenderism too, yeah, right? Male and female. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the particular discussion that he's having is on the topic of divorce. Mm-hmm. But again, we're getting the same language given in Genesis, repeated by Jesus, this is God's design for marriage. Yeah. This is the blueprint. And, and obviously, the, and the point you're making is that no one in the crowd who had been hearing Jesus uh, talking about divorce would raise their hand and say, hey, Jesus, what about a consensual, monogamous, homosexual relationship? Sounds like you're not giving any room for that. What do you think about that? No one raised no, their hand, I think, yeah. because it was assumed at that it's time. Assumed, yeah. Because they were they were good Jews and they were reading the Torah. So if this is the 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 cultural worldview, the climate that they were working from, the this biblical worldview, Jesus gives us a blueprint, but doesn't have to address homosexuality because it's considered under the what marriage or excuse me, outside of what marriage is Yeah is supposed to be so they understood and that, and this is very very clear as you read uh the old testament uh to have an understanding of where they came from that it was actually the act of sexuality itself is a holy thing mm-hmm. it's a right. it's a special thing yeah and it and the act of sex itself is only be to be between a man and a woman in marriage not before marriage right. not outside of marriage and it's interesting I, I i will say with someone on the street that's kind of we're just talking through this i'll say is it okay for you i'll point to the husband uh it was a husband wife i actually had this situation as a husband and wife couple uh on the pier and i was talking with them they were asking me 
and I said, is it okay for him to go sleep with someone else because he loves her? Well, no, it's not. That would destroy the marriage. Okay, now, so, so why does that destroy something that's good, but the other doesn't, right? right. So the, the act of sexuality itself, that, that includes, uh, is, is only between a man and a woman in marriage. So that, that includes, uh, that means makes premarital sex yep. uh, sin. That makes extramarital or uh, adultery or um, what do they call it, like... Uh, swapping wife kind of a swinger thing. swinging swinging right uh there's um like uh what a pornography looking pornography. at pornography this is sin uh mm-hmm. because it is taking something that god is made precious and holy and he designed it to be something that would unite and uh and bond together the hearts of a husband and wife um give them a good foundation and and also from it would come fruitful uh, yeah, procreation. Children. Yeah, and so that that which is the natural which is the natural consequence yeah. of this this act. Yeah, is to to bear children. Right, and that was some, part that's of design special again. Some yeah. of God, and it's it's beautiful and it's wonderful in that context, and only in that context. Exactly, and so so if we have the if we, if we have the perfect example of what marriage should be like if we if we have the blueprint anything that is not does not fit the confines of marriage is or that particular blueprint would then be counterfeit right yeah so any kind of sexuality outside of what is clearly defined by jesus in matthew 19 would be a perversion Mm -hmm. yeah it would be a be something that is outside of what God's will for marriage yeah. and which would be considered sin or sexual morality, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, the creator gets to write the manual. Yeah. Like the creator of your car uh, gave you a, a manual. It's usually in your glove box if you open that up. That's the authority of what kind of oil you put in, what kind mm-hmm. of how much air pressure mm-hmm. you should have in your tires, what kind of gas is the best for your your car, you know, and you could say if you wanted, and you have the freedom to do that if you have a, a car that runs on diesel to put regular fuel in there, but you're going to have problems. <laughs> you know, you could, if it says to put 10W40 oil in the tank and you decide you want to put lime jello in there, well, you can do that if you want to, but you're going to have problems because you're not following the manual that that was prescribed, that has the prescriptive words yeah. uh, for how to take care of your car right. and God wrote us a manual. Yeah. And he, for, and, and, and that if we have that, then there is a greater harm that's happening to our society mm-hmm. when this is practiced or allowed. Yeah. The so, manual is for our spiritually. It's for us individually. It's the manual is written for us as a family. The manual is written for us as a, as a culture, as a society for a church. The manual is written for us, for all of life. Yeah. And, and we have to stay, stay within those confines. The shame of it is, is that, by stepping outside of these this the biblical blueprint for marriage, you know there is a the harm that's happening to not only the person but to society is so great when if you stay within the confines of marriage it can it, the the act of sex is so wonderful yeah it, it's really why why do you give yourself over to your to these these sinful desires when you can have something that's really good yeah yeah it's all counterfeit 
here's an interesting theoretical hypothetical situation. If, if starting today, uh, hypothetically, every individual only had sex to their married spouse within marriage, sexually transmitted disease would be gone in one generation. There you go. They would be gone. Yeah. And man, and think about how much uh, stronger marriages would be. Think yeah. about how much it would bless ch- the children in those right. marriages. M- imagine if a young boy never saw a pornographic yeah. image. Yeah. And how the the only image that that man would have in his mind is the image of his wife's naked body. Mm. Imagine the purity that it would exist in yeah. people's heads. Now, I want to say that that sounds great. Uh, wouldn't you know, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, let's <laughs> yeah. let's step into this realized kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. That's just not where we're at. No, and and but. sex is is extremely cheap, and there is. There's so many options that are outside of what God wants, which homosexuality is one of them. Yeah. And, and it and I to be clear, I, I think I think to be clear, Genesis chapter two, Matthew nineteen, that that's enough for me. I wouldn't yeah, have to go farther. This is the design. This is this design. Is design. Anything, any desire outside of that design is is immorality. Yeah. Paul does take some of this foundational teaching of Leviticus and Genesis, right? And the, in the Jewish worldview that Jesus was teaching, right? Mm-hmm. He, he did take this and then applied it to the Greek culture. And so in Romans chapter one, he talks about how the wrath of God. So I'm reading in, in Romans one, verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images, idolatry, made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, verse 24, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They, extru- they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. And because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. He sees the behavior of the act as unnatural. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the men also banded natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for, for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves a due penalty for their error. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we need to be, be fair and really to help bring awareness to whoever's listening to this podcast that people who claim to be believers and claim to be Christians and yet want to defend homosexual beliefs behavior, right? Or say that a consensual monogamous homosexual relationship is allowable by God would would find ways to to explain away passages like Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. So what I read, I mean if you were just hearing this without any of this kind of cultural messages speaking into you saying, "Hey, no, homosexuality is okay." What would you? What would the conclusion of that chapter be? 
after you read those verses? You'd say, well, it's wrong. It's, it's a perversion. <laughs> it's a perversion. It's and, unnatural. Fact, yeah, and God has given them over to something that they that they want, which to me is a terrifying pro, uh, uh, progress or progression. As it were in Romans one, it's this God. It looks you see, you see God giving up man, God giving or sorry, man giving up God, man pushing away God, and then we come to this place where God gives up man, or God and gives a man over. Over, but the evidence of that, the the res, the. The end result of that, at least for Paul's illustration, I mean, I, I, there's probably multiple ways this could occur, but the illustration he uses is homosexuality. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I think we've seen that with people who have drug addictions, where their body is completely wasted away because they love the drug more than they do their own body, their mm-hmm. own life. Mm-hmm. You can see this in, in, in examples of alcoholism and, and just... So many, so many examples of people just giving themselves over to their desires and God, seeking those desires, and then God gives them over to them, gives those desires over to them. They would say, they as in the ones who want to defend homosexuality and, and try to include it into a Christian context, they would say that this is, this is idolatry, and it, Paul was only speaking to temple worship, so temple prostitution. So... Those who are listening who might not be familiar with what I'm referring to, at not all Greek cities, but some of the Greek cities, they would have temples and two particular goddesses, like I think Herodites was one of them. I, I, I'm Pre- sorry. Prephrodite, yeah. And I can't remember. Uh, Diana. <laughs> Diana. Yeah. Excuse me. I, 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 off the top of my head, I cannot think of where these, this was practiced. But they... Corinth. It was in Corinth, yeah. very much so in Corinth. Yeah. And they, they would, the, you could pay or, or, or like an offering to the gods, but essentially paying to the temple mm-hmm. a sum of money, and then you could sleep with a male prostitute. Okay? Yeah, course, so, yeah. so that was happening, and that was being practiced. Would you say that Paul is only talking about that particular behavior male prostitution in this passage? Not at all. No, I mean, he is talking about it for sure. Of course. But he isn't because it begins in the context. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteous, uh, unrighteousness suppress the truth. Mm. So he, the context is everyone. And, and it's consistent also with his other teaching uh, as well. Yeah. So like in first Corinthians. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter uh, 6 verse 9 and 10 says or do you not know that wrongdoers so this is 1 Corinthians 6 9 and 10 or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God do not be deceived you had a thought on that yeah do not be deceived isn't that interesting so what do you think of when, when he he starts off this list with do not be deceived what does that automatically say you could be deceived could be yeah or likely will be, be deceived like, right there's, there's a potential to be deceived <laughs> Neither the the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, Mm -hmm. nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. If you practice this with an unrepentant lifestyle of this kind of behavior, you're not in heaven. That's right. You will not inherit the kingdom of God, and it includes includes swindlers, yeah. right? Uh, so drunkards, people, drunkards, yeah. revilers, and and I just want to say a lot of times 
uh, we can be critical or judgmental towards people that we don't struggle with the same mm-hmm. thing. Like I personally don't struggle with alcoholism because I don't struggle with, I, I don't really like the taste of it and I don't like the way that it would make me feel. So I don't struggle with alcoholism. Well, it'd be really, I, it could be easy for me to be judgmental towards others who, who do struggle with alcohol because yeah. that doesn't touch me. And the same way with this, like I, it so, would be easy for me. So which one do you actually? Well, for, for me, I'm just these, teasing. Like, I'm just, Scott, so when I was that, a was, kid, a, that when was a joke. Thieves, when I stole, when I was a kid, I stole money from my mom's purse to oh, buy a, a toy. You're a thief. And a, and yeah. You're a thief. Um, I mean, I was a kid. So you were under the condemnation of God that's until right. you became a believer. I, I remember uh, I used to go to the lady at the grocery store and say, I lost a quarter in the creepy crawler machine. And she'd give me a quarter from the cash register drawer. And, were, you know, I didn't. It's a lie. So I was a lying thief, thief. right? Um, and for me, I, I was I was a shoplifter. I was a thief. Yeah, for that rush or just that. I had the best tackle box. Uh, oh, <laughs> amongst all my friends, I because mean, I would steal lures, and lures I, would lure. And but but so but, and but, I I I don't but, struggle personally with a homosexual uh, desire towards the same. I don't struggle with that. But I have to guard my mind regularly to, to be adultery. faithful yeah. to be faithful toward my wife with my thought life yeah. and with where my eyes go. Yeah. I have to make a covenant with my eyes like Job to not look on another maid like that. So it's easy. Like if I have a brother come to me and, and we're pray for one another in areas of our thought life and in our eyes, boy, I get that. I understand that because that is something that I fight with. Well, it, it's interesting to me too, because now I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, obviously I lost is a temptation, but it's interesting now after post a relationship with Christ, right? Post coming to, to the Lord, how much I, I, I abhor stealing. Mm. Before I knew Christ, it was, I saw that as, you know, hey, if you don't mm. get caught, what's the harm? Mm-hmm. But now afterwards, I, 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 I deliberate, like if I get the wrong change at Meyer, I want to make sure I, I, I said it right. Because yeah. I don't want that. It's like my integrity is worth so much to me. Yeah. I don't want to in any way steal yeah. or, or thieve. In, in verse 11, it says, and, and that is what some of you were. Yeah, such were some of you. And so, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And the point being is that, okay, we had a pattern of yeah. doing these things before Christ. You could be identified as that. As that. Yeah. And then... Christ redeems you. You're then sanctified, washed, sanctified, justified, yeah. which I, I love that he stacks yes. those words. Yeah, I do too. And now, and because of the gospel, we're free from that. And we have a new identity in Christ. Amen. Yeah. And you look different. You, you live different. You live different. Your behavior has changed. That's right. And so you don't have a pattern of unrepentant sin in, in, in these areas or any, any areas the scriptures speak to that, that is, called, is considered a sin. Now, in this passage, it says, nor men who have sex with men. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two Greek words being used here. Yeah. So he stacks two words, one being malakoi. Now, malakoi is, means a man who submits his body to unnatural lewdness or a male prostitute, 
Okay, mm-hmm. so definitely there's a thought of, and it also can include pedophilia too. So a boy kept for homosexual relationships. This is why I gave the disclaimer, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, th- that this is a nasty behavior. Yeah. And he's saying this is not allowed. Anyone who practices this, it's not entering the kingdom of right. God. But there's another word he uses. And, and maybe you can help me pronounce this. Erenokoite, <laughs> right? Is that Ar- what it's it's uh, Arsenokoite. Oh. Ar- Koitas. Oh, yeah. Arsenicoita. Okay. So tell me about that word. What, well, it's two words, right? Okay. So Arain, uh, Arain, yep. right? Arain is male. Uh, and then Koite uh, is a place, for, a place for lying down or resting or sleeping, a bed, a couch, the marriage bed of adultery. Cohabitation, sexual intercourse. And I think it's where we get that word coitus. So the word is essentially two Greek words put together. That means basically Man. male in bed with male. Yep. Or that's bedding, what the word means. Or bedding a male. Male bedding a male. Yeah, that's what the word means. And so that word, it, it spells out clearly... What it is. What yep. homosexuality is. Yeah. Now you mentioned to me that before that... That the word homosexual is a more of a modern word. Yeah, so that this is one argument that people will give and say the word homosexual doesn't even show up in the Bible until like a few hundred years ago. So this can be staggering um, to some people that don't understand that the word homosexual didn't show up until all of our vocabulary until 1868 was the earliest that it was the phrase was coined 1868 so it's a new word it's a relatively new word it doesn't mean that it isn't well of course it wouldn't be in an english translated bible because the word didn't exist then but this word arsenicoites arsenicoites um (laughs) we're slaughtering it uh that's very clear what it is but but many times like we read in in uh, Romans, and we read in Leviticus that it, the word isn't used; the description of the act is used. Right. So the the behavior is, the behavior is clearly is spelled yeah. out. Yeah, it is. So it's uh, a silly argument. It's a very silly argument. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't matter what word is used to, you know, to term it. Mm-hmm. It it if if it's clearly describing the behavior of homosexuality, then we can say homosexuality is a sin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can apply that word to the behavior if that's the common word that's used in our vernacular. Okay, that's silly. But the reality is if Paul wanted to say to the Corinthian church, both male prostitution, I don't want, that 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 they're not gonna inherit the kingdom of God. Also, any behavior where a man is in bed with a man, or we can of course say an old woman is in bed with a woman. Any of that kind of behavior is... It's sin. Sin. Yeah, because it's, cause it's taking the act of sex and doing it in a perverted way that from what God meant it to be. Right, which again is, is very consistent with Paul's Jewish worldview, which was built on the Torah, mm-hmm. which is Leviticus, yeah. which is the Old Testament. Yeah. And so there's a consistency here with what was spelled out clearly about sexuality in the Old Testament and then just really confirmed in Jew- Jewish in culture and the culture that Jesus was speaking into. And then, of course, would be continued by Paul 
as he was applying it to these Greco-Roman era cities that he was traveling through, yeah. where he saw homosexual behavior occurring and he was calling it out, saying, I don't like this. Yeah, to the church in Rome, to the church in Corinth, and then to Timothy. Which would be Ephesus. Ephesus. So First Timothy 1 says, we know, so th- just to pick up on what you're saying, says we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. So now what's the law he's referring to here? Mm-hmm. The Torah. The Torah, the Old Testament law, the commandments of, of Scripture. The Old Testament, yeah. And this would have been his Scripture. We have to remember that. When they refer to the Scriptures, they're referring to the Old Testament. They're... Okay. Mm-hmm. We also yep, know that the law right. is made not for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and the rebels and the ungodly and the sinful and the unholy and the irreligious. For those, And, and, and just to pause there for a second. I mean, this is what you really uh, emphasize when you're presenting the gospel. You use the law to bring conviction on the heart of the unbeliever. Yeah, yeah. Which is really the kind of the chief purpose of the law is to show us that we are spiritually deficient or unable to please God by our own righteous behavior or good, good works. Yeah. And we're under the wrath of a holy God. Yeah, and every mouth is stopped. Like in the sense of everybody becomes guilty by the law. The right. law shows the knowledge of sin. Yeah. Without without the law, Paul says, I didn't I didn't know what sin was. I didn't know that what co- that I should not covet, right? Or what covetous was. And see, and I I can relate to that because before I knew Christ, often the law suggested to me what 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 in saying what not to do, what to do. Mm-hmm. So for example there was a bridge with a sign that says, do not jump off this bridge. <laughs> well, to my unbelieving self, I thought, hey. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like if you walk by, the, if you walk by a, a freshly painted I... you know, wall or something, and it just says wet, wet paint, then you're like, oh, okay, thanks for letting me know. But if it says wet paint and then like really big, bold, like do not touch. Oh. Like everything in you is like, like I'll... I want to write my name with my <laughs> finger, right? <laughs> but that I think that's Paul's point is that the law really it it brings apparent the evil desires within us. Yeah, it stirs us up. Yeah. Um, okay, so he says we know that the law is good for the one who uses it properly, which is to conviction to bring conviction on the heart of a of an unbeliever. And then he says for those who kill their fathers and mothers. So now we have another list. For those who kill their fathers and mothers for murderers, so I'm, I'm now in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10 and following. For the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, which that is word. that same word that we've been mm-hmm. destroying as we're trying to <laughs> pronounce it, arseno, arsenokoitai. <laughs> I feel, I wish it, I know, I can't show it to people, but it, it, if you saw this big, massive word, it's again, the two, so it's again, those two words, male, bed, mm-hmm. men in bed with men. Line with men yep. For slave traders, liars, and perjurers, for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God who entrusted it to me. And then he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength and considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. For even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, even though I was a murderer, see, he's putting himself within that list, just like we were doing earlier. Yeah. Such were some of you. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. 
the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And he's saying the gospel redeemed me mm-hmm. and yes. brought me out of this lifestyle. Yep. And now I'm a different person. Yeah. And see, so he said, I, I was there. I did these things. And now I don't because of of the gospel. And I think that's important to notice, like in that list we talked about earlier too, like nor adulterers, adulteresses, or idolaters, adulteresses, thieves, greedy. So to... Or, to say, like, I am this or a person is this, it'd be like uh, saying, like, if I said, uh, I am a wife beater, is different than saying, I once used to beat my wife. Now I didn't. I've never beat my wife before. And that's not something. Yeah, I know, wrong. Christine. He, I don't think he'd get away with it. <laughs> no, no. She, <laughs> never. Never I would. Uh, but never been tempted to. It's precious. <laughs> precious to me. But you see the difference in that sound. Yeah. Like, to say, I am this. Or is very different than saying that I once used to, but right. now I'm changed. Right. Now I'm washed. And that's what Paul's saying here. Yeah. And so the point when we're in conversations with unbelievers is to say that in no way are we trying to say that we're morally superior. Mm-hmm. And in, in essence, what we're trying to say is, yeah, we were once trapped in our sin like like everyone else, like like the homosexual, and God has redeemed us out of this. Now, I want to be clear. I do not believe that we should avoid this particular topic in talking with people because it is something that God clearly says is immoral. And it can be, and really people need to repent. And so, so so as we think about this topic of homosexuality, um, I, I, I believe, first and foremost, we have to preserve the truth of God's word yeah. and not cave into to cultural pressure. Right. But when in talking to unbelievers, I believe that in not to try to create an argument, we should clearly spell out, well, God does have a design and he is the designer. Yeah. And as creator, he has the right to, to, do, to tell us the rules for his creation. Is, yeah. So if, and, and it is loving to do so. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times you say, well, you're not loving someone. Well, no, actually, it's not loving for me to if somebody is heading towards destruction and heading towards um, you know, off a cliff. It isn't loving for me to step aside and let them do that. No. Right. So somebody said, hey, I'm suicidal, uh, but it's OK. I'm born that way. <laughs> Right, like we wouldn't say, we wouldn't say, oh, okay, we'll have fun going doing suicide. You know, no. like no, because we would love them. We would say, hey, look, any if Take you them. ever feel like yeah. taking your life, your life is precious. We would right. urge them. I, I had a, I had someone that once I found out that they were going to get a divorce, and I, uh, I did everything I could to try to solve them. Hey, can we help you? Hey, can we please don't do it? Please, please, uh, let's get help. Can get counseling. Think of your children. Like, and I just urged them not to. You know what they. I found then they cut me off and did it anyway. But um, what I found out from others is that they said he was so hateful to me. Like I, my Scott was so hateful to me. Well, I wasn't hateful. I was, I was loving. I wanted, I wanted her to, to come to a a reconciliation. That's something that is loving to do. Christians are accused of hate. We're the one people group that's commanded not to hate. Like strongly. And speaking truth we can't hate it is not lo- is not to be unloving it, it so there is a way there's a there is a way to speak that should be in love graceful yeah but 
it should not, but that shouldn't uh, cause us to, to shy away. We should speak the truth in love, but it is loving to speak the truth. Amen. Hey, that's our topic for today. We're excited that uh, you're listening in and, and, and taking part in this. And we'll, we'll have more topics that I, we believe that unbelievers uh, raise. So we'll be talking about more topics like this in the future. Thanks for tuning in. God bless.